the the OWASP community has always been kind of best collective of practitioners in this space to really understand what's going on out there. What are all these these guys facing as they go out and either try to test applications or operate in their teams and figure out how to secure it? You know, it's it's always been a, a grassroots org that has a ha, has a healthy skepticism of, about big vendors like us, but at the same time, it's a, a great mechanism and a great collective group of people who who honestly are the practitioners that do this every day. And that collective wisdom from them is something that that we definitely learn to listen to. Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk. I was surprised to hear the extent to which HP is integrating security into your DevOps initiatives. Yeah, I think one thing that I've begun to notice, and, you know, as, as the software security business within HP, we try to, try to lead by example, is a lot of organizations look at DevOps and security as in many ways opposed to each other. And what I mean by that is I, I see application teams, whether it's customers or even within our own company, that are going full bore towards DevOps practices of, of any sort. And they believe that the, the velocity and speed and frequency of release and instant feedback that is the hallmark of DevOps means that you can't slow down in, in any way or consider things that might be perceived to slow you down, like stopping and doing security, because they think about security as something you have to stop and do, rather than looking at security as a, as a natural part of a DevOps transformation. Look at how a DevOps transformation can enable you to bring security into your processes, rather than looking at it as, as a, in many ways, an excuse not to do the right thing. So we, we're seeing that quite a lot, where if, if you're looking holistically at how you can change your process to achieve the things you're trying to achieve, whether it's time to market or improved quality or just better overall process velocity, you know, those are the things that can enable security to be woven into the process very early. So that's something that is resonating with people to see that DevOps transformations should enable security rather than, than be opposed to it. It's interesting you talk along that vein. I was speaking with someone last week that said they feel that security is in the position that ops was about five years ago, you know, the bad boys on the outside kind of thing. Yeah, you're right, because it's it's often looked at like that. It's Security is something someone else does. Often I, as a developer, just, you know, I focus on what I'm supposed to do. I understand my, my ecosystem, my technology stack. I understand even my production environment now. I know who the ops people are. They're not, you know, evil IT who just get in my way. But, I, you know, generally they still look at security that way because it's an externalized requirement. It's not something that is just inherent in what I do every day. It's something someone comes 
comes and tells me to do, or it's something that I have to comply with, or it's a part of the process that I have to deal with when I'm done. Like we used to look at release management that way. You know, I'll, I'm not going to pay attention to that until we're done and tested and everything's ready to roll, and then we'll figure out how this deployment guy wants me to deal with what their process is. Security within software development is, is still often looked that way. Even with all the progress we've seen over the last 10 years with, with software security, it's still shockingly um, nascent in a lot of places. Have you guys internalized the idea of shift left internally? In a company our size, it depends on the nature of the development going on. In some places, you would be surprised where those moves happen very aggressively in parts of a, a company like this that you wouldn't expect. So, you know, the, the velocity and innovation speed that's happening, even within our, our HPE Labs research organization, is very much embracing uh, some of the principles of iterating quickly and bringing a lot of, you know, power and innovation to the developer to get code deployed very quickly. Because there, you know, you wouldn't think of a research lab or something that's that's looking at re-architecting computing as a place where you would see DevOps and shift left. But it's very much by embracing the power and innovation and processes around doing fast software development has a, a fit within even very, very complex server projects, for instance. Naturally, within our software group, um, that's a, a big focus, not only in terms of just the necessity for our, our software businesses to be a lot more innovative and, and faster to market just because of the competitive pressure in the software world, but also to be able to understand how our customers need to consume the software we produce in their DevOps world. So it's it's multifaceted in that way. It's a big focus because there's clear benefits of doing development that way, but it's also uh, a necessity for our, our teams to understand how our customers need to operate as well. When you're looking at the initiatives that you've got going, do you have a DevOps team that is pushing for the initiatives? Is it done at a team level? How are you guys implementing? I've, I mostly see it uh, as not that we have focused DevOps teams. We're, we're not to that point yet. But what I've seen is functions that that often house many of the things that a DevOps team does, whether you call it a release management team or an engineering services team, mm -hmm. Those teams exist without the moniker of DevOps in many cases. And so what I've seen is those groups that, that had been doing things like build management or you know, process environment management or being an interface between Dev and Ops, they're, they're coming a lot closer to the, the developer side of things. And so they're evolving into DevOps teams uh, rather than us creating DevOps roles and DevOps teams. So I, I see them evolving into that. It's interesting that you're using the word transformation quite a bit too. I'm hearing that a lot now that DevOps more than anything, more than any technology or anything else, is more about transformation and change management. It definitely is about change management, and that's, that's a key factor. I, I've seen many times over the years, you know, when I started in the software world, I worked with a, a very waterfallish process from a big systems integrator 
that was called Method One. It, you know, and even in the name, it, it kind of connotes that there's one way of doing this, and we'll do it sequentially, and we'll be very process-oriented, and we'll have deliverables and checkpoints at every point before we move to the next step and very methodical about it to the point where method one was often called methadone because the process <laughs> kind of lulls, lulls you into sleep. But it was very effective in what it was, was good for, and that is very predictable, very timely delivery of something that a customer asked for. But then that, that transition over time into you know, the software world 20 years ago was very different than even 10 years ago with the, you know, the advent of the web and the explosion of lots of technologies that are just a lot easier to get out there. And so that, that change from waterfall to agile, as I lived through it anyway, was very much disruptive to those people that were really holding on to the predictability as the only thing that mattered. Uh, like we were engineering, you know, moon launches and, and things like that, rather than software products that we need to release very rapidly. So the, the change on the process side can be very disruptive. But the part of it to me that's more than just change management, but more of a transformation is it's not just a process change like waterfall to agile to DevOps. It's more about change of roles, change of thinking. The automation and technology that is core of it is very different. When we talked about moving to agile from something else, automation and technology was not really the driver like it is in DevOps because the, the automation is such an enabler in DevOps. It's more than just changing the way people operate their process. It's changing the way their environments look and the tools they use and, and how they go about doing things in, in each particular role. One of the difficulties I see all the time, and I'm sure as large as you guys are, you see it quite a bit. How do you align this stuff with your business objectives? There has to be some kind of underlying financial reasons for doing what we're doing. How do you align with business objectives? That's a great question, and that's a very difficult one because it's it, it's easy to, to jump into something like this without aligning it with business objectives because it just seems like that's the thing everybody else is doing. They're getting clear benefits from it, so maybe that's what we should go do. But, you know, I would honestly say not, not all teams are ready for it and not all teams and, and projects necessarily should be doing things that way. So the, the way we look at it is understanding the business objectives around the technology we're producing, understanding what the goals are there from the business perspective. Is time to market very important? Is uh, velocity and what we're producing very important? Is innovation the hallmark of this particular product? Or, honestly, are we talking about something that is really more where, you know, only quality matters? Is this a mission-critical system like a nonstop server that, that runs in banking networks and is never rebooted and must never go down? You know, maybe that's a system that is not really appropriate for changing the way we develop that, and DevOps might be disruptive and counterproductive in that environment. So the, you know, the nature of the, the business itself has to drive whether that's conducive towards this style of development and, you know, aligning that from the business objectives down to what are the objectives of the, the engineering and research and development itself. And then the process that we apply and the practices we apply to do that should flow from that and rather than being a bottoms-up driver from it because I don't think it's appropriate everywhere. 
One of the things that I struggle with is the buzz versus the reality. What are you seeing when you compare those? You're, you're hearing all this street noise. Are we in an echo chamber for DevOps or is it really happening? I believe parts of it are really happening, but we definitely have an echo chamber of what I've found most often, particularly with a lot of customers that talk about DevOps, what they're really talking about is they're finally doing continuous integration, for instance, mm-hmm. and they're calling that DevOps. And so that's an element of it, obviously, and that's very important, um, but that's not everything. You know, there's there's definitely a continuum of what this means. I think even even more so when people said Agile 10 years ago, what were they really talking about? Were they talking about doing things very progressive like extreme programming and test-driven development and pair programming, or were they really just doing waterfall really frequently? You know, so what did Agile really mean? There, there definitely was a lot of different interpretations of that. I think DevOps, because as we talked about, it's not just a process. It's, it's also role changes and ways of thinking that change and very aggressive use of automation it's, it's rare that I've seen customers that are really piecing all of that together. It's not, it's not something no one is doing, but I think people are dabbling in parts of it that they're ready for. My audience in particular would be interested to know what to look for from you for developer security tools. I mean, we know about Fortify On Demand. What other tools are you guys working on? What we're focused on is two different aspects of looking at at how DevOps is changing software security. And that is software security traditionally has been looked at as about security testing something either as you code it or when you're done coding. And that then leaves you with some problems to go fix. So it's even when you're doing it very proactively, it is very much about security testing kind of at that point of I'm done and I've compiled and now I'm ready. What we're focused on is, not only, you know, we talk about shifting left, but the, I like to say the right-hand side matters quite a lot now, too. So we're focused on extending software security in both directions to the other ends of the life cycle. So within uh, the left-hand side, very focused on development and making, you know, the, the, the core technologies we have, both static analysis for finding source code level vulnerabilities as well as dynamic analysis for finding real-time vulnerabilities and running apps and augmenting that with interactive instrumentation of the apps, basically pushing all of that to the developer desktop very aggressively and making that technology as transparent as possible so that it's a natural part of development rather than something you, as I said before, stop and do. That's to the point of adding the ability for as developers write code in their IDE, being able to show them vulnerabilities as they type. So the the mythical security spell checker is something that that we've introduced. Um, Mm -hmm. But also coupling that in a very unique way with the full depth of the static analysis and dynamic and interactive analysis as well behind the scenes. So bundling all of that into something that's a part of the IDE but in a natural way is what we're really pushing the envelope on. So not just scratching the surface, but having the complete depth of analysis in that developer desktop. Um, so that's the, the dev focus. On the, the production side of things, we're, we're really focused quite a lot on extending what we do in Fortify and Demand into 
not ad hoc discrete testing, but more continuous testing all the time. So detecting changes, um, and when changes are detected, doing deep testing to go and figure out if new things were introduced. So really tackling it from that production end and closing that feedback loop to development. Is any of that aligned with OWASP? Do you guys look at OWASP at all? We look at OWASP quite a lot because, I, you know, for me, I've, I've seen over the years in application security that it's, it's still looked at from the outside world. I'll say outside world is meaning either developers or security people who don't think about AppSec every day. It's still looked at as a specialized niche process, especially when you think about the amount of money spent on security overall and what percentage of that is spent on this particular aspect of securing software. The the OWASP community has always been kind of best collective of practitioners in this space to really understand what's going on out there. What are all these, these guys facing as they go out and either try to test applications or operate in their teams and figure out how to secure it? You know, it's, it's always been a, a grassroots org that has a, ha, has a healthy skepticism of, about big vendors like us, but at the same time, it's a, a great mechanism and a great collective group of people who, who honestly are the practitioners that do this every day. And that collective wisdom from them is something that, that we definitely have learned to listen to. When I think about OWASP, I also think about open source. Does that play any part of what you're doing, open source? It absolutely does. Um, you know, open source has has been around for a long time, of course, but I think what has changed quite a lot in recent years is the the richness of open source projects and technologies that are available the amount of very large companies that are producing very, very sophisticated open source tools and frameworks and environments has led to just an explosion in very, very big organizations depending quite a lot on open source across everything they do. It's, it's hard to deny that open source has changed the way people develop software. Um, and along with that, there's a realization that the, the overall understanding of how secure these these open source projects are and how much risk is involved in either security vulnerabilities or licensing I don't understand or even quality issues I don't understand. There's, there's little transparency or assurance that those things are secure. Now, I don't believe that open source is any, any less secure than anything else, but the way in which our customers use it just means that there's, there's not a lot of understanding about what risk I'm, I'm bringing into my organization. So, you know, for a couple of years, we've, we've been, been involved in not only testing open source projects and giving the results back to the, that community to help them secure that, but also helping our customers find vulnerabilities and things in open source projects as they use it. Because the, the software supply chain, as some people refer to it, is definitely more complex than ever. And open source is something that, has, you know, depending on who you listen to, it's, you know, 50%, 90%, some large percent of enterprise software is dependent on open source now. And so it's, a, it's an essential element of, of securing applications now is understanding what risk am I taking in by adopting these projects. The thing that's still missing, though, is a, a systematic way to, for the open source community to take all of that information and feedback 
and remediate all those things. I think that's something that I could even envision some some foundation one day just focusing on securing open source projects. When we're talking about open source this way and the use of open source, the central repository had over 30 billion downloads a year. Does it surprise you the amount of usage in uh, in open source use like that? Yeah, when you when you talk about numbers like that, it, it is surprising. But when you break it down, and you know, if you just peer into any software product anywhere, and just peel back the covers and understand the amount of open source components just within any particular application, it's pretty staggering. And how you know when you think about Google and even you know Yahoo and Facebook and LinkedIn and virtually everyone is putting out things that are way more sophisticated than open source of yesterday. When you when you think about major data platforms and open source artificial intelligence and crazy things like that, where there's it's almost impractical or inconceivable to think about starting a new product or application without scouring the open source that's available mm-hmm, first and mm-hmm. figuring out how to use it. So that, that mindset has definitely changed. You know, you don't start an application anymore by opening Notepad and starting to code. You start by figuring out what open source I can use so I don't have to develop all of that. Those numbers are startling, but at the same time, when you look at how people create software now, it's it's not, not all that surprising. Is there anyone or any team in the DevOps community that you follow and say, man, these guys are doing cool stuff? You know, honestly, there's not for me. It's It goes back a little bit to the what, what you refer to as the echo chamber. It's There's a lot of good information out there. Part of what's exciting about DevOps to me is the amount of communication and sharing that happens. So I, I honestly haven't gravitated towards any particular groups or individuals, but the thing that I love is that there are so many companies out there that share the way that they're doing it. Um, you know, Netflix and LinkedIn and Intuit seem to be the ones that do that the most, at least in this part of the world. And so that's I love the the sharing from organizations about how they're succeeding and learning from it. Um, that's the part of it that I've never seen before, just be people being open about how they're doing this and even sharing the tools that they've they've had success with. That's the part of it that I that I like to follow and is very interesting. If you had, say, as much money and resources allocated for security at the developer level as most companies do on parameter defenses, would that much change for you? Would you be able to use that resource? Yeah, I think I would I would think about that a, a little bit in a different way. If you know, I think the latest number I've heard is somewhere between 30 and 40 billion dollars a year is spent on security in general and IT. Somewhere around 3% of that I think is spent on software security. Hmm. Yet yet we know that the a, a large majority of successful attacks are targeting application vulnerabilities so that imbalance is something that if you if you think about if we could turn that spending upside down and instead we're saying we're going to spend let's just be let's be even more conservative let's just say we spend 10 billion dollars a year on software and application security the question is what would we do with that 
And I think what would happen would be all of that money wouldn't necessarily be poured into a lot more security testing as we know it. It would be spent on changing the way all the developer tools themselves operate and work. And, mm-hmm. and, and instead of looking at how do we take a, an assurance and testing and verification approach, how do we instead ingrain this and build it into the, the development platforms, into server platforms, into the cloud platforms that everyone's using? So I think that's the way that I would change it, is instead of making security an externality, it would be something that is a primary component of everything you do at the developer level. Then I think it would change, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, the discussions I had in Europe last month with a bunch of people, it came down to a lot of people on the street are saying DevOps means no ops. And what we discovered through conversations is it doesn't mean as much as no ops. It means it's transforming into something else, that you're managing a platform. You're managing like an AWS service instead of manage your own services. Are you seeing it that way too? I definitely do. I've I've seen it where people think it means no ops, and they also think it means no QA. Um, So developers do their unit test if they feel like it and then ship it. I think that's a myth. I, you know, it, it does seem to occur that way in some places, but I, that is definitely an exception. I think instead it is it's an, an increase in communication between developer and ops and, you know, an increase in the, the coupling of QA with development so that you can enable the, the fast velocity and frequency of release. It's It's not something that you can cut out methodical ops. You can't. You can't trivialize what it takes to run a, a reliable and secure environment, whether it's your own cloud, somebody else's cloud, your own servers. That's that's very complex, and DevOps teams are about you know operating that platform, as you said, to enable that velocity. They're not going away. They're probably more important than they were before. You've You've got some big things going on. When you look at yourself a year from now and you look back, what do you hope to have accomplished when you look back a year from now? You know, what I, what I hope to have accomplished a year from now is that we have large amounts of developers and, and organizations of any size, not just big companies that spend a lot of money on this, but we have developers that are talking about security as a natural part of the way they do things. Um, if, if we've succeeded in making these things more transparently a part of the the environments that developers operate in, and more transparently a part of the the tool chains they use to achieve DevOps, then security will become more to the forefront, more top of mind from them. If it's still a a tool you have to go buy and attach it to your process, and it's not going to have the same effectiveness. So that's what I hope to see by a year from now. have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host Mark Miller and music provided by the George Cole Quintet. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk.